Oprah interviews Meghan and Harry, plus A-Rod and J-Lo split. Two topics you will hear absolutely nothing about on this podcast because no one really cares. Let's get to the real shit. Here we go. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Man, I just want to say right off the bat, thank you, thank you, thank you to my subscribers, to the folks who just listen to the podcast, to the email responses that I've gotten, both positive and negative, even though the negative ones were a little bit salty after you know the criticism of how I talked about that principle, but that's okay. Like I always say, if you disagree with something that I said on the show, Email the podcast, agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. That's agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. And we will set up a time if you want to come on the show and debate whatever topic I've talked about or a topic that I haven't talked about. Who knows? Maybe we actually agree on something. Do it. We'll figure it out. We'll get it out. If it's over the phone, whatever. We'll figure it out and we'll get you on here. All right. Tonight, we're going to talk about this wonderful, outstanding $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill that was passed by the House, by the Senate, and signed into law by the president. People are cheering. People are excited. They're they're waiting to see that $1,400 check drop into their bank accounts or drop into their mailboxes. They're stoked. All right. You're going to get $1,400. That's great. What they're not telling you is the other side. And the other side of it is over the next seven years, this bill is going to cost every single working American family, let me say it again, every single working American family, most of whom, by the way, don't qualify for the $1,400. A good portion of them don't. But every single working American family, an average of $5,700. Five thousand seven hundred dollars, and you're getting fourteen hundred. So, what are you celebrating for? Why would you celebrate a net loss to your family's income of over four thousand dollars? See, it's always about the here and now, and it's you know generally it's the people who, how do I say it politely, don't aren't doing shit. They're the ones celebrating because they haven't done shit up to this point. And now they're getting another handout. And don't even realize that it's going to cost three times as much that you're actually going to pay back. Over time, of course, you know, you're getting them, you're getting the 1400 up front. Boom. Here's your 1400. But then over the next five, seven years, 
you're going to pay that back in spades. And the country's going to pay it back in spades because our national debt is... And listen, this is not a... You know, this part of it is not a right-left issue because go back, go back and look over the last 20 years of our country, the national debt has just steadily risen. Now, under some presidents more than others, yes, but, you know, a $10 billion increase, you know, is the same as a $20 billion increase, you know, eight years, four years, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's been steadily increasing, you know, after every four years by 10, 11 million, 10, 11 billion dollars. So, you know, none of these guys give a rat's ass about the, the debt. That's obvious. But you guys really need to look and start figuring out what you're celebrating when, you know, it's just like Obamacare. When Obamacare was passed, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is so wonderful. Where is it? I've never met anybody that's on Obamacare. Ever. I've never heard anyone come up and start bragging about how wonderful their Obamacare insurance is. Just haven't seen it. I mean, I'm assuming that they're hiding with the 81 million people that supposedly voted for Joe Biden. I mean, it, it, it makes sense that they would be in the same place because I haven't met them either. So I don't know, maybe there's gotta be some secret Island somewhere uh, that, you know, the rest of us don't know about that. All these folks are hiding on because yeah, can't find them. Speaking of which, I, I read an article earlier this week that, that really interested me. <clears throat> I'll see if it makes sense to you. When Barack Obama won his election, and keep in mind that, you know, love him or hate him, Obama had a, had a huge following. You know, countrywide. There was a lot of people... You know, that just, you know, he's basically a demigod. I mean, everybody, everybody loved him, right? But, you you know, he had huge crowds at his rallies. Um, he always had people out cheering and celebrating him as a candidate and then him as a president. He got 69 million votes. When he won his election, I think he won. Um, I think he won like, I don't know, maybe like four or five hundred counties throughout the country. Okay, so keep that in perspective. Sixty-nine million votes, and somewhere between four and six hundred counties throughout the country when he won, and he he won handily. Donald Trump, when he beat Hillary Clinton, I think he got, what, 62, 63 million votes, but he won like 2,000 and something counties 
throughout the country when he, when he was elected. So, okay, six, 63 million. Obama had 69 million. I think Hillary had like 65 million, 66 million, somewhere around there, actual votes. Um, and I think she won somewhere around 600 counties or something like that. There was like 10 people at his rallies. <laughs> I'm sorry, like 10 cars. So maybe there was like 20 people. Because two people in a car, something, I don't know. Social distancing, I don't know how many, I don't know how they dictate social distancing in a car. I'm sure they have some formula, like the rest of the bullshit that they try to pass off on us all the time. You mean to tell me that he got 81, almost 82 million votes. And he won 800 and something counties throughout the country. So he got 81 to 82 million votes. And Barack Obama, who had 10 times more popularity than him, got 69 million votes. Where are these people? Because guess what? I don't see them out celebrating. I don't see them out, you know, when Obama was in office, like I said, you had people, you know, out in the streets and publicly just, you know, s you know, screaming Obama's name and, and, and screaming from the hilltops, you know, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to this country. And he got 69 million votes. Joe Biden got 80, almost 82 million votes. I don't see anyone outside cheering. And I don't see anybody publicly coming out and saying, oh, my God, this is this is the greatest thing we've ever done. Outside of your typical CNN and MSNBC, you know, lackeys that work there. Who, you know. Trumpet his successes on a daily because that's what they do. I'm just not seeing them. So I just, that's a really big mystery for me. All right, folks, we'll be back in just a minute. Got to take a quick break here from our sponsor anchor. Hey folks, welcome back. And so picking back up where I left off, uh, that is a big mystery for me where these people are. So what I'll say is, is if you know them, if you know who these people are, uh, Introduce them to the show. Give them my email address. Have them email the show. I would love to talk to somebody who is actually proud right now of the vote that they supposedly cast for this current administration. Because I've met people who've told me that they voted for them, but not that many. And believe me when I tell you that I live in a state that that went Biden's way uh, and still even here. I mean, the frequency in which I meet somebody that actually admits that they voted for him uh, are few and far between. So anyway, next thing we're going to talk about is this cancel culture. 
and something that I've I've been kind of looking at and and wondering when people are going to start to figure this out. Let's talk about the damage that this cancel culture is actually doing in the minority marketing world. Here's what I mean. So you have predominantly a bunch of white liberal CEOs and COOs of companies that are canceling out all the black imagery in marketing for products. You got Aunt Jemima, you got Uncle Ben, you got Mrs. Butterworth, you got the 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 black chef that was portrayed on Cream of Wheat, Eskimo Pie. Don't even get me started on the sports teams that are falling into this trap. Don't you find it interesting that all these, you know, white elite liberal CEOs have managed to get rid of all black representation in marketing? Don't see anyone screaming about Little Debbie. She's still on all her packages. Don't see anyone screaming about the Colonel from KFC. He's still on the box, still has his commercials, see him all the time. I find it interesting that nobody has really latched onto the fact that they've managed to get rid of every minority face that's represented on a product without a fight. Nobody's contesting it. I mean, I, I, you hear all the time, you know, the black community or the minority communities screaming about representation, you know, police force. There's not enough, there's not enough minority representation on the police force. But when it comes to removing, you know, minority figures in marketing, perfectly fine with it because I, I unless I'm way off the mark here I haven't heard one complaint about that and I just I find it really interesting that that's that you know those two things you know complaining about you know there's not enough representation you know physically in the streets or you know in the workforce yet you're perfectly okay with it being removed from any type of marketing, any type of marketing representation of whatever culture it is on products. So is this a, is that a plan? Is that something that's been designed that, you know, people just aren't thinking about because I mean, it's happened. I mean, these things are all gone. They've changed. They've completely changed the names of some of these products that have been around for, you know, decades. 
completely canceling it out. There are find me a product that had a historically minority logo or capture caption on it that still exists. You can't do it. They've been completely removed from marketing. I don't hear anybody complaining about it. I mean, it, it to me, it seems like it's sneaky. It was successful. Sneaky successful to the point where nobody even realizes that it's happened. I don't know. What do you think, guys? Do you think that do you think I'm off the mark on that or or do you think that uh, that there's something to it? Let me know. Um, I, I just I find it really, really interesting that that people are completely OK with the 100 percent. You know, it, look at movies. Uh, what is it? The awards shows that they have every I don't know. I haven't watched an award show for Hollywood and probably a decade or more, but, uh, you know, the complaint always is, is that there's not enough black representation or minority representation at the award ceremonies. They holler and scream about that, but nobody's hollering and screaming about the removal of minority marketing on products. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, it seems like that could be something that, you know, is easily overlooked because, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you're not paying that much attention to to necessarily what's on a bottle other than you recognize a certain thing as a certain product that you like over, you know, another product of the same kind. You know, I like, Coke. you know, Coke's better than Pepsi or, you know, one one syrup is better than another syrup. Um, and so you're not you're not really focusing in too much on the on the actual thing i mean you're looking for the name um but yeah i don't know i mean it's just it's really bizarre to me that that this that this is kind of happening i don't know like i said what what do you think you think i'm off the mark on that i mean mr clean he still got his job Although I will say that with Mr. Clean, my fiance pointed out that that is one that should actually be changed because she hasn't met a man or a boy yet who actually knows how to clean. I don't know. That's just her trying to be funny, I think. All right. It was kind of funny. Because she came up with that pretty quick, by the way. So, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I just find it bizarre. Hey, I wanted to go ahead and uh, I got some more questions uh, from some listeners. I wanted to go ahead and uh, read a couple of those off and answer them. These questions are from Carolyn from Virginia. Thank you, Carolyn, for the list of questions. Carolyn asks, how often do you push yourself outside of your comfort zone? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, I the problem is, and you know, people call it their comfort zone. I don't have an uncomfort zone <laughs> and sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad. I don't, um, I don't, I kind of don't box myself in to that kind of category. Like 
if it's something I want to do, I do it. Um, if it's something I don't want to do, I don't do it. But, but my level of comfort in doing something is generally not a consideration. So I don't know, maybe I just look at that differently than, than some people, but I don't, I don't even know what my comfort zone is to be honest with you, because I've, I've never lived by, you know, I've never bracketed myself in to something like that. So I, I hope that, I hope that's kind of an answer for you um, on that one. Let's see. Do you have any advice for the younger generation? Uh, <laughs> well, I, we covered this a little bit in a question on one of the previous episodes. It's not so much the, the, you know, advice that I would provide it. It's more, you know, don't be afraid to listen to other people's suggestions, particularly people who've been around for a while. We, and again, we, you know, we've talked about this, this, you know, the, the older generation doesn't want to listen to the younger generation because they haven't been around long enough and they don't know shit. And the younger generation doesn't want to listen to the older generation because they've been around too long and everything that they think about is from, you know, the dinosaurs. So it doesn't work anymore with all of our modern technology and all the, all the new ways that we can do things. I think if you just, if everyone just backs off from those positions and actually listens to what each generation has to say about something, I think you can formulate some pretty good ideas and pretty good ways to handle things when you do that. That's just the way I think about it. I mean, I, you know, when I was in the military, you know, at one point I was that young guy and I was that one saying, why are we doing this like this? I, I just don't understand. And I'm sure that I had, you know, some of the people that had been around in the military for a long time saying, why is this dumbass doing this that way? He has no clue. The times that I think things worked out best was when we got together and we sat down and said, hey, this is why I did this this way. And this is, you know, you know, this is this is why. You know, I wanted to work it out the way we worked it out. And in contrast to that, they, sometimes they would say, that's great, but there's a reason why we have to do it a particular way. Or, you know, there's, you know, and it depends on what you're doing, obviously, you know, is there, is there laws that prohibit you from doing it a certain way? Is there, you know, and you may not know that as a young person, you know, you, you know, nobody, nobody knows every rule and every regulation and every, you know, whatever to every situation. And it is situational because it depends on what you're working on. But, um, you know, some things you have more freedom to, to do things the way you want to do them. Um, but a lot of things you don't, you know, there's regulatory, you know, things for everything that deals with certain things. And you have to follow that by the book because, there's reasons why, you know, if you, if you go from step one to step four and you skip two and three, I mean, you could cause some serious damage depending on what you're working on. So I think just listening 
and being open to not, not criticism, but being open to listening to why something is being done the way it's done. And, and again, I don't think that that's a, I don't think that that's an exclusively younger generation problem. I think that that's a problem shared by both groups. And so when that gets figured out, I think companies and businesses and organizations that you work for that are better at that type of thing, at, at that type of collaboration are more successful than the ones that have a real segregation when it comes to age. And, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. Another question is, do you think you've accomplished everything you've wanted to do in life or is there more you want to accomplish? No, I have not accomplished everything I want to do in life. I think for those of you who don't know, I am engaged to be married and I will be getting married in June. And honestly, the possibilities are endless. I, I have an absolutely wonderful woman in my life and I honestly what what we can achieve together not not even individually but what we can achieve together is probably just about endless I think so no far from done I mean this podcast being one being one of the things you know it's something I've been interested in for a while I didn't necessarily have the courage to do it but as I'm getting more into it and, 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 and working on it, um, you know, this is something that I like to do. I like, I like broad broadcast journalism. Uh, and so, you know, who knows? I, I don't see any offers coming from CNN, MSNBC, Fox, or any of them anytime soon, but <laughs> you know, who knows what can happen, but no, I, I have, I have no doubt that, that, uh, I have a ton more things I want to accomplish uh, in my lifetime. And hopefully I have a considerable amount of time left to do that. So thank you for the questions. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. Be back with you, hopefully, in the next couple of days with another episode. Maybe sooner. Depends on what's happening in the news, folks. You know how it goes. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.